Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi everybody, the ruck is back, rugby's back, the new season is with us. Uh, I'm just going to kick off with a question to you, Owen Slot. Slotty, last season we did, I think, 126 uh, rucks off the, in 126 weeks. We never stopped, we carried on through the Lions Tour. Are you up for another 126 in 126 weeks, old chap? Uh, I, I'm definitely up for it, but just as long as there's not another Lions Tour to South Africa where the... Um... Uh, the one for Razi Erasmus destroys the whole thing. That he did destroy the whole thing, and isn't it staggering that the moronic outburst, which which poisoned the whole atmosphere, has still not been sanctioned by World Rugby? But oh, and let me ask you this seriously: When we came back, we had to rush off to, into quarantine as soon as the Test match was over, and we have had seriously quite a lot of reaction from readers and listeners to say that we didn't really put a full stop to the tour. Just give me briefly, in a, in a minute, your take on that tour because it, the, the the opinions on it vary wildly. Yeah, uh, so, so this is now uh, the, the tour is now six weeks behind us. I would say it's one of those um, occasions where hindsight has um, has uh, changed my opinion of it quite considerably. So. When we left South Africa, I was of the opinion that one, it was amazing that the that the Test series actually happened because there were all those doubts about it. You know, would it ever go ahead? And we felt at the time that it was something of a triumph that it, that it did happen. So that was the one one thing we thought that was great. But but that feeling's gone now. People are beyond that. The, the the other thing that I felt at the time was that that though the Lions weren't magnificent in their way in the way they played, I, I felt that. Um, they came uh, within inches of winning that series, and I was really, I really felt quite bitter about the way the South Africans approached it. Not, not because I, I don't agree with physical and physicality of their rugby, but I, w- I was really um, pissed off with the gamesmanship that they took to the series, particularly with the way they slowed the, 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 um, the matches down and um, brought the uh, minutes of, of game time down to below half an hour, which basically sort of robbed the Test series of. Uh, you know, a quarter of the of the of the game time. So I thought that could have been different. Those those are my overriding things. But but honestly, Jonesy, since I've got back, though that that's sort of been put in pers- into perspective by the number of mates and rugby fans I know who've just said how completely disappointed they were with it. Mm. And and the, the the more I think about it, the more I just feel sad that the Lions didn't play more of a shot. That they didn't try and play more rugby and geez, you know, watching, watching Australia beat the Springboks mm. over the last two weekends, it just made you think, you know, maybe the Lions were actually a lot poorer than we thought at the time. The, uh, okay. I, I, I'm halfway down the line. Certainly don't follow you the whole way there. It was a brutal tour. The, the Lions were totally, um, 
uh, deprived of anything that relative to normal life. They were segregated, they were quarantined, uh, they never existed outside the bubble. We never saw a single lion uh, outside a match day. There were no fans. If there had been fans, they certainly would have won the series. There was no socialising. It was just testing, testing, testing for COVID. Uh, it was avoiding the riots. There was a curfew. Um, a very proud country completely and utterly robbed and raped of any finance because of the idiots who wouldn't put the tour back. And when we come back, all we hear is, oh, the lines were terrible. I'm here to tell you, if you were there yourself, and I'm not, uh, uh, you had to be there yourself, there was no opposition. They played teams all the way through who had been beaten by Harlequin's second team. They had no idea what the form was, no idea what the pr the people in form or the test team was, and I think they did bloody brilliantly. Uh, they they upheld the Honor Alliance. To cover it was dangerous, but it was the greatest experience of my touring life. And those are people who are now saying, oh, because Aussie beat them, that makes a difference. It doesn't. Can I just now go on to our three-man panel? And they can only be called a triumvirate. As well as Owen Slot, we've got the great Alex Lowe from The Times. Uh, Alex, wel welcome back. Up for a new season? Oh, very much so. We're, we're back. We're, most of us are back in the studio. I've come back through COVID out the other side and, and actually really excited for, for a season, which although the start of it, we're missing some of the big-name players, there's nothing else hanging around it. There's no Lions tour to dominate the talk. There's no World Cup to dominate the talk. It'll be about the, the club season. And I'm really excited by that. And our third guest is always very popular on, on, on the ruck. You hear about people who could start an argument in a phone box. <laughs> this man could start an argument in a phone box when he's sitting in the phone box on his own. Mark Evans um, has been chief executive of everything. He's been the inspiration of everything. He's been everything in every sport. And it is great to welcome him, him back. And we're going to give him a great big howling question to start, Mark. The United Rugby Championship. What a pompous name for the new uh, tournament involving six nations, South African provinces, the former Celtic Cup teams and Italy. Will it work? Can it work? I think it would be better than, than the Pro 14. Um, so would my grandmother <coughs> be playing, playing her grandmother. That's a view. Um, so I think it's got a chance because, look, none of those Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Italy can run a domestic tournament on their own because the market's not big enough. That's just, it's unfortunate, but that's just the way it is. So you have to have a cross-national competition. Um, bringing in a much bigger rugby country in South Africa in the same time zone is, I think, a very good move. I think the other thing that encourages me is that if I understand it correctly, they've moved quite a number of the clash fixtures, if you like, the fixtures that sit alongside the international game and have moved. There are far fewer, fewer overlaps. And I think that's a really big plus. Now, I'm not saying it fixes everything, but I think that competition particularly, and so do others, mind you, um, Premiership included, needs its horrible word but marquee players playing as often as possible otherwise fans and i'm not talking about the the, the obsessive people like us four you know who, who would who we turn out anyway we we go and watch any game anywhere because we we're we're enthralled to the sport but that's not 
the people were after. And they want to go and see the stars as play for the clubs. And I think in the way that they've made some changes, it's not it's a it's a work in progress, of course. Um, but I do think it's got some promising signs. And, um, you know, the thing that would really drive it, but I don't, I'm not optimistic in this in the short run, was the same thing that would have driven the Pro 14, is the return of strong Welsh regions, um, teams, clubs, call them what you like. Um, but there's a whole host of things going on in that country where two of us are from uh, that, that don't give me an awful lot of optimism okay. in the short run. Mark, okay, that's, that's fine. We're just going to ask you the other two just very briefly before we come on to to the uh, to the Gallagher Premiership, which has obviously kicked off uh, in big style this, this last weekend. Uh, and, uh, Owen, um, we do know that um, these South African provinces and, in fact, all the other teams competing, they're almost unanimously have give first call on players to... The national team. Now, the Welsh regions, for instance, have to play four, or the the, the Welsh players have to play four um, t- uh, testing international matches this autumn. The next week after that is, is the European Cup. So that is what they have to face. Uh, they never see their players. Do you think that Mark is right in saying that the big deal here is will it be second team against second team, or will we see the likes of Sia uh, Colise? Um, up here, and will they say see the likes of Johnny Sexton, etc., down there? We, well, I mean, Mark's made uh, pointed out one crucial thing, which is they, they've they've uh, um, come closer to achieving separation from international and um, uh, club games, so uh, there shouldn't be an overlap. So that's one reason why they should. The the, the reason that that uh, Leinster always got away with never having to play um, Johnny Sexton until the final is because they knew they could get to the final without him because the competition wasn't good enough. So, in theory, at least, if the South African uh, teams um, uh, as strong as we would hope, then then Sexton and the rest of them are gonna are gonna have to turn up for for, for more games. So, it, 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 that's what that's why it's got a chance. I mean, God, I hope it works. It'd be exciting if it does. It it will. Let's go on to um, the, the, the Gallagher Premiership. Let's wish the best for that league. I have to say uh, it looks incredibly unwieldy to me. And will Johnny Sexton go all the way down there? I don't I don't think so. Alex, um, Premiership, um, in, in my opinion, um, uh, came out in tasty fashion this weekend. Um, some, some big games, some real power games. A variety of styles. I'm afraid that... Uh, all those people who saying that oh uh, Saracens, what a what a boring game! I thought they were absolutely brilliant. Uh, Alex, where do you stand? Uh, did we cut, did we get off to the kickoff that we wanted? Oh, I, I think so, absolutely. I mean, I, I, it was a an enthralling weekend from from that opening Friday night game in in Bristol, where Saracens came back with a with a point to make, and my God, they made it emphatically played in their way that. We've got we've got these new laws in. There's there is supposed to be more space on the field. Saracens weren't bothered with that in the slightest. They played their way, which was to suffocate Bristol. I, I find it fascinating. I thought Bristol tried to play. They tried to play the Saracens' way, which surprisingly they kicked a lot early on. And I think by doing that, they just they they played into Saracens' hands. And and I think it's this season we've got we've got a strong strong looking Leicester who've who started the year with real purpose and real promise. Saracens are back. Exeter had a, had a poor first first week, but 
they will be strong. I think this this season um, is is shaping up to be fascinating and compelling at the top. We don't have relegation, which no doubt will be a point of discussion, if not today, throughout the season, as to as to whether teams stay engaged. But on day one or week one, um, I thought I thought it kicked off just as we wanted. Let's just uh, the, the, you mentioned the R word there, relegation. No, no, Mark Sure, uh, he's looking like a Cheshire cat, or he has done ever since, <laughs> ever since the trap door was shut, uh, banning any aspiration, banning any uh, influx of new money from any individuals or corporations, uh, to completely uh, reducing the whole ethos of rugby as a as a sport for all and making it into a narrow. Um, a, a, a narrow few uh, friends frantically trying to hang on. Uh, Mark, well, apart you, apart uh, from the fact that there's a team being promoted at the end of the season into the Premiership, so there is no trapdoor. So, so, Mark, um, no no relegation. How can that be? Oh, we're not going to go over this again, are we? Come on, I've well, been no, saying this for twenty years. What you on for? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not trying to talk about the, pat the footy, really. Um, no, look, I don't think it's going to make a heap of difference. We've had loads of seasons in the last twenty years when someone's fallen off the bottom and there's been no jeopardy at all. So it'll be like one of those years. I thought um, I'm going to disagree with you though, James. It's not unusual. I didn't think Saracens were great. I thought they were okay. I thought the story out of that game was Bristol were absolutely dreadful. Mm. And I'm not, I don't even exaggerate. They were dreadful. They didn't have a scrum. They didn't pose any real, apart from Sir Charles, who was just magnificent. He's, he was just, he's just such a wonderful player. Um, apart from, they didn't have any threat. They had no go forward. And I'm looking down their squad. Here we are, early, this will come back to bite me. I'm looking down their squad. God, they've got to get Radrada back. I hope he is really is back from Fiji because they are really missing him. They missed Morahan and they missed uh, Nalago. But they didn't have any punch. They looked really, really lethargic. I take your point, Alex, about that was a bit of a funny game they played, mm. but they stopped that after a bit. They and they went back to what, they, what they've been good at, their style. They were terrible. I mean, Saracens didn't... They defended very well, and their one try was a lovely bit of skill from Alex Zosovsky, who had a really, really good game. But I don't think they were terrific. Or anything. I, thought the, I thought the reaction to that was, across a lot of the media, was massively overblown. I, I, I think it was massively underblown. Well, I, I thought yeah. they were brilliant, and I've watched it again. And a team that's just not been, has been away for a year had nine players out. Nine that in, point I accept. Nine yeah. international, or only nine international players out. I thought they did a spectacular can I just number, say, I, and, and I think that Bristol will have a good season. But that performance by Saracens was absolutely seminal. Yeah, uh, Slotty, no can I just say, I, I, yeah, yeah. Well, I I was at the game, so I was one of the people judging it, and I don't think it was overblown or underblown. I think we just blew it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I think what, what impressed me was the set that. The pre-season talk of Saracens was they've got all their they've got this group of players back, but the, they don't have the depth that they have carried previously, and that was something that they they answered pretty emphatically. I thought on Friday night that they had um, that they they dug into the into their squad and still produced that. I agree with that. I, th- I think um, your question, Jonesy, about the variety of styles across the league is is a fascinating one, given where. The authorities are trying to present rugby now and, and trying to present the league. So um, Wayne Barnes was on 
on BT Sport on Sunday afternoon talking through all of the new uh, law trials that are in place. 50-22 kick designed to create space more running rugby. Dropouts from the goal line, which Mark, you know from your rugby mm. league days. Mm. Take out pick and goes on the goal line. Remove that, that sense of pressure. Remove five, five metre scrums so that you kick long and the team gets the ball back and can run it back at, run it back at you. These measures are all, um, are all being designed to create more running rugby, try and create more space on the field, as if building pressure on the goal line, as if five-metre scrums are bad for the game. And, and I, that bothers me a bit because um, being a pretty very average front row forward, if, if I'm chasing dropouts and running back all the time, um, it's diluting an area of, of the game that I think is really important. Don't you I, hate it when Alex is so hard on himself? Though? Think, that is average. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very, someone, very someone's got to stick up for him. Yeah, somebody, 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 Owen, Alex, Owen, what you t- somebody who saw him play right in, for God's sake. <laughs> he's, he's, make a part, he's made a, a point about the new, the new laws there. I didn't see any of them. Uh, I didn't see any evidence whatsoever that any coach has bothered uh, even training for them. But Owen, the, I, new, I, the new laws, why are they, why are they there? Will they work, and are they indicating what the game sh- uh, shouldn't be going towards rather than what it should be going towards? Well, I think you're, you're, you're kind of give, giving you're answering your own questions by the way you, you design them there. But um, uh, c- certainly over the, the opening weekend, I don't think we saw uh, rugby being particularly different. Um, uh, Bristol seemed to be really trying hard to kick a 50-22 in the first half of that first game mm. and, and all they prove with it is that it's actually bloody hard to do it it's a, it's a really hard thing to do so I, I think there were two 50-22 successfully over the weekend and one it might have been three but I think there were two one of them was yesterday when Louis Liner kicked one and and I, I swear to God he did it by mistake he, he yeah, absolutely he did. didn't he, we can't say that about a liner for god's sake <laughs> it was a channel Stotty. kick that went what, in what, touch. what will michael say he'll be, he'll be down in a minute I, mean, I, I, was, I, I was at the no, but i think michael's away on holiday so we can get away with it this oh, week god for that i was oh, okay. at the, the uh, world rugby conference where these these ideas first were first discussed scott johnson now with australia was was the one who brought in into the room the 50 oh, god, that really worries me for, for example he, he, that was his big Project. Yeah, which he nicked from Global Rapid Rugby, he said, declaring an interest. He did. Right. Uh, anyone here, did anyone here not responsible for the new laws? But, um, and I understand what they're, what they're trying to do with all of these laws, and, and, and some of them I would agree with, that the, the pre-latch, I think, um, is, it doesn't help the game. Um, it, it's, it, it slows it down, and it's and actually it's dangerous, and it's very hard to defend legally. Um, they're trying to create more space on the field, and I understand... A, a from the, a spectacle perspective, which was the the word the world rugby used, and and also they're trying to reduce the number and force of collisions on the field, which I, I completely understand why they're looking at it. The problem is that if I have a I have a concern that if you start diluting the value of a set piece and a scrum, you are going to change the totally. nature of rugby. And 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 those I remember being at the um, the game that sticks in my mind is the, is the Champions Cup final in Bristol that the, the, the pressure that a team can build on the line before scoring can you can build five minutes of drama 
the flip side of that is that that was Exeter's game plan and now they might have to go back to the drawing board and come well, up with another, another way Well, let's be fair. Play. Dean Richards last week spoke magnificently about rugby and why it's all great for open rugby, but after the fifth week of 84, 83 uh, matches, people people want something else. Mark, this, uh, before we, we, you finish your savaging uh, of, uh, set, of on, uh, Mark, Mark, Mark disagrees entirely with I do. What I do. I think, we're, I think we're looking at the wrong thing, if I, if I may. I think the changes that need to happen aren't, aren't really in law. Mm-hmm. I think what we're... I think what all team, all games like rugby, not just rugby, are looking for is flow. And you can have flow in an 8-6 and you can have flow in a 48-32. It's not about the number of tries. It's about the opportunities to score tries, which good defence might stop. And Jones is going to go, oh, no, not again. But the best game I watched at the weekend was a game of rugby league. It was 8-6... It was an absolutely riveting game with wonderful defence, loads of try scoring opportunities and two tries scored. But then the Bristol Harlequin semi-final last year was whatever many points. That had over 10 tries and that was brilliant too. Mm. It's not about the number of points and the number of tries. It's about flow. And if I was... <laughs> never happened. If I was, if I was looking at the game, and what would you, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't touch the laws... Hardly. Or I think what they're trying to do is probably a generally quite a good idea. I don't think it's going to depower the scrum or get rid of the line. No, it won't. But we've got too much time with the TMO. We've got too many stoppages for injuries. That first game, Bristol-Saracens, five minutes in, we stopped the game for two minutes for a bloke who had a little cut on the top of his cheek. What what, what are we doing? Mm. Let's just stop the whole rhythm of the first game after five minutes. Treat him off the pitch... Right, we could, we could, and it's not about quickening up the game or making it a basketball. We could get more flow and less interruption in the game quite easily mm. without touching a single law. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, Slotty, let me bring this back to individuals and, and, and famous ones. Um, on Saturday, or Friday evening, Alex Lazowski played a sp- splendid game for uh, in, in your presence for, uh, for Saracens. Um, and, and as he did so last year in, 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 in French rugby. On Saturday, George Ford played absolutely brilliantly for, for Leicester, pr- probably at the, the peak of his form. Marcus Smith is, is, is uh, getting a lot of plaudits. Um, playing for Harlequins and Joe Simmons, I think, uh, is the is the player in waiting at Exeter. Is Owen Farrell or has Owen Farrell passed a career peak now? And is he on the slippery slope out of the public eye? Well, I mean, he he hasn't shown form like those players for for a, a quite a considerable time. But his his um, his age doesn't suggest that, that he's past his peak. But 
he ne- he needs to find form again to 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 claim that to, to claim that uh, England number ten shirt or even the England number twelve shirt. I suspect that um, in the autumn, I suspect we will see Marcus Smith at ten and Owen at twelve. But you've got you've you've got to remember that that. that w- from the outside, there's so many of us who watch Owen Farrell and we slightly scratch our heads going, he's not, he's not where he was in the past and, and he's not this and he's not that. But within the group, he, he's so highly valued. And, and I, know, I know to us that doesn't mean that, he, that that helps England win games, but, but Eddie relies on him so much. He runs that team with Eddie. And and that that's a sort of intangible that we can't quite grasp. So he, he's, got, he's, got something, he's got something on his side that we can't see. Alex, um, I think the element of of Owen running the team as as Owen just uh, Owen Farrell running the team as Owen Slot just pointed out. It was about this time on the last World Cup cycle where where um, Eddie Jones had to untangle that situation with Dylan Hartley being the man who ran the, the team as as his as his wingman. I don't I don't see that happening this time. I see Owen Farrell being a key part of that squad through to this World Cup. Um, I suspect, however. That he may be predominantly used now as a as a, an inside centre. Now that England have two um, sort of front line fly halves who are who are really pushing for for selection, I think George Ford will will and has reacted really strongly to to being rested from the summer. Marcus Smith, obviously, um, again the issue is balance in that midfield. But I, I I think I don't see Eddie Jones moving away from Farrell now. Okay. Mark, um, just just go on to. Um, it used to be said that England couldn't be good without a strong Leicester. Mm. Uh, well, recently they haven't had a strong Leicester. In fact, they, they've been terrible, and we're in what what uh, used to be called once the relegation zone before your boys got got hold of it. Um, Leicester on the weekend, <laughs> f- f- fast, 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 stronger. Uh, looking like a little bit like old Leicester in in the intensity of their forwards and the size of them, George Ford dictating the play. Uh, does this now look genuinely like a full scale Leicester revival? Yes, no question. Don't think it. I, th- I think a lot of people said it before the season. I, I was one of them. Um, you only had to look at their roster, mm. and they've turned their roster over in a quite radical way in a mm. relatively short period of time, and that has. At the same time, combined with something which we all need, every club needs it, a bit of luck, they've got a golden generation coming through. And you do get this at certain... Each club gets it not very often, about once every 20 years, unless you're incredibly fortunate. You get a group of young players all coming through together who've known each other quite a long time, played in rep teams together, and they're all at the same club and they come from your area and you can build... A, a real sort of championship team around them. And you look at uh, Martin and Wells and Stewart and Van Porfleet, who I got to declare an interest. I coached his dad, but he's a lot, his, that was a good player, but he's a lot better than his father. He is just, I think he's sensational. He's England's next scrum half, in my opinion. I don't think there's any doubt about it. He's, he's Nick Duncan. He, he reminds me so much of Nick, Nicky Duncan. And you combine that with some very good recruitment both on the coaching side and in the playing side. I think they'll go top four this season, and I think they'll go stronger than that 
the year after. Owen, oh, um, we, just just we're talking about Steve Borthwick now. We've we've been spectators as Eddie Jones has brought in hordes of people over the years, and I do mean hordes. All, all of them, uh, or most of them, Australian. Uh, very few of them successful in the sense that they signed another contract. And he's really thrown together a group. Steve Borthwick is he now showing? Uh, evidence that the people who did rate him, i.e., Eddie Jones and and um, Warren Gatlin, say even though you know they didn't like him very much, that that they were right to rate him highly as a coach, because as Mark says, he's really putting something together now. Yeah, so, so um, you you look at where England uh, fell away in the year since Borthwick left. Uh, I, I think a lot of that is is because he 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 was one of the foundations that was was pulled away from it. I don't think they've re- replaced him um, uh, sufficiently as a coach. Um, that's not very complimentary about Matt Proudfoot, by the way. But um, uh, maybe that's more of a compliment towards Steve, Steve Borthwick. The, the the thing that um the thing that's really impressed me here is because I think we knew enough about Borthwick while he was with England to know that he was uh, a very good technical coach and he understood how to coach players well. But what he's done here is is an infinitely bigger job in that he has... He's been in charge of recruitment, which he was never in charge of before. He's been in charge of team selection, which he was never in charge of before. He's had to be really, really hard with the whole process because there's been a lot of players who've gone and a lot of players who come back in. He's completely transformed the thing. So, so he, the job that he did for England, he's carried on doing that for uh, for Leicester, but he's done so much more to turn it around. Let's just move on. I, I, not much, uh, Mark. You understand the operation of uh, Premiership and what's a could be a great club and what couldn't be. London Irish yesterday uh, lost, uh, uh, sorry, on the weekend, lost to Worcester 36-24, which good result for Worcester, possibly not crucial for London Irish, uh, probably not uh, critical for London Irish in their first game. Now, they, they finished last season playing some great stuff. I went to London Irish twice and was really impressed by... A, the way London Irish played, uh, although they've still got it all to do, but also the, 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 the ground, the accessibility of it, the nearness to, you know, watering holes and Kew Gardens and all that, and also the atmosphere when he got there. Do you think that's a step forward for the Premiership because London Irish now have, no, have moved from uh, the, the, the outer limits in the Majeski to a big new stadium? I think the stadium size is much better suited to rugby uh, at this stage in its development the Majeski was just that bit too big unless you're a giant like Leicester and Bristol and London Irish we all love the club but no, can no way be called a giant club in the game great history great tradition etc etc um, I think that they'll it's a, it's a great stadium and um, uh, and uh, I'm really looking forward I haven't seen a game of rugby there yet but I'm really looking forward to it um, and it's very close to Quinn's and they've done a pretty decent job over the years of getting an audience from that area of London. Um, I would say it's a big step up from Reading, uh, but it, I, I, I'd, I'd wait and see to see whether they can regularly draw a crowd of committed um, fans. They've, they've gone back to their core base. They, they, you know, that, that's where they're from. They're from West London. There are people there who've always followed London Irish and will continue to do so. But can they grow their average crowd up to the 15, 16,000s? If they can in that stadium, that'll be a hell of an achievement. 
But just, wouldn't you say that the possibilities of that are, are huge? Because because there are so many rugby fans in the country in London who aren't who aren't aligned to to a professional club, aren't aligned to Harlequins, whether they're South Africans living in in Clapham or whoever, who who can go and watch rugby. And actually, the, the times I went, James, I don't know if you agree that the acoustics, the the atmosphere, makes you want to go back. Mm. It was it was a real I was really Good impressed by the experience. Yeah. And so you can I, I think it's. A, as an alternative to Harlequins, I think it's um, I think it's really promising if they if they can get the, keep the team together and, and winning. It looked the sort of place to me because there's so much action around there with young people in drinking and you know in 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 all these bars and what it looked like the sort of thing. If it's a nice day, you'd pop in anyway. You've never been to a rugby match, sort of thing. So chiefly, mm. so so you can keep drinking through that through the afternoon. Um, Owen, you made a, a, a valiant visit uh, n- uh, north yesterday uh, to Newcastle. <laughs> Tell us what you thought. Um, it looked a decent game. We saw someone called Adam R- Radwan um, really impressed. Someone else called Louis Liner, um, not too bad either. What was your experience and um, any signs of life at, in in uh, Geordieland? Yeah, um, it, we, we must not say it's a valiant thing to do to go to Newcastle. It was a well, you've a never been there for pleasure. six years. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. All right. We could let's 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 move on to the game. Um. Uh. The the, the game was um the, the game was really good fun because it was close all the way through. Harlequins led from the led from the start, but um Newcastle were were were, were so always chasing them down and couldn't quite catch them. So that was fun. Um. Uh. uh L- Lewis Liner um has got a few um headlines um uh. That, that though he didn't really deserve them. Not that he didn't play well. He played he played perfectly well, but he got a brace of tries, which were really sort of uh, just fi- finishing off finishing off good moves. Uh, um, really nice passes from uh, Tommy Allen, the um, the the uh, uh, Italian ten that they brought in. A uh, great signing, by the way. Actually, I hadn't um, hadn't realised that. That's that's really smart work. Though you have to ask yourself if Tommy Allen's there to 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 make. Um, uh, to fill in for Marcus Smith, what happens when both of them are on to international duty? Anyway, that's a question. I, that I think we'll... he's not going to play for Italy. Uh, is he, is no, he not? They put they've gone on to the next generation. That was that was one of the reasons they signed him. Okay, okay, okay. Well, that's why it's good to have Mark Evans on because he sometimes knows more than Alex Lowe. Very, very, very rarely. No, Slotty, that's yeah, just but... a, that's just not correct. <laughs> yeah, but just um, just just back to that game. That that Adam Radwan was really, really great to watch. Really fun. Yeah. God, he's good. I mean, he's 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 epically fast, and he's he's got a low center of gravity. So he's so he's, he he's, he can um he can he can step and move and swerve really well. Um, uh, he, I mean, he created one hell of a great try for a um for a new young kid called called uh, Ewan Stevens. Um. Uh, who's a 19-year-old Welsh boy, son of Colin Stevens, yeah. who, um, oh, yeah. of course, we yeah. remember. Adelie Drynos, uh, isn't he? Adelie yeah. Drynos, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and, and that and that Ewan Stevens, I mean, that that was his debut. Uh, he's only 19. He, he, he didn't look overawed or anything. He just went for it. I think he's going to be pretty excited as well. Uh, Alex, I just want to ask you, um, we haven't touched really on sale, um, many people's choice for to win the title. Um, do you join them? And and what do you rate from sale? Then I'd like to go on to Mark, just for Mark to say, you know, just sum up where the Premiership is. We've come through COVID. 
all the ups and downs. We come through an age where I, I considered their administration to be absolutely shocking. Uh, just like to know where they are. Just take a snapshot. But Alex, first sale for the title. Uh, I think they're definitely in the in the mix for it. I think what stood out for me and, and Mark referred to Jack Van Portfleet as nailed on next England scrum half. I think he's going to have a battle for that jersey from Rafi Quirk. Mm. Um, not to mention those who are ahead of them in the in the sort of the current age pecking order, um, like Harry Randall and, and Alex Mitchell. But Rafi Quirk is a hell of a player as well, and and they've you know their recruitment of of Fafter Clerk a few years ago was critical for sort of boosting that club to the next level to get them back on the, on the road towards where to where they are now, which is a a top four club competing for titles. Mm. It's also been demonstrably beneficial for a player like Rafi Quirk to have to be playing and training at the same club as someone like Faf and I think he is a real special talent too and the the prospect of Jack Van Portfleet and Rafi Quirk competing for that England 9 jersey for the years to come is is a real exciting one for England Mark I'd agree with all that. I think he's, he's really... They're both terrific, aren't they? They almost overlap on the age thing, yeah. Um, the Premiership... Well, I tell you, the problem isn't the, problem isn't the rugby. Uh, I think the rugby was terrific last year and I think it's going to be even better this year because I think you can go all the way down to about 11th and you've still got a really a really good team. Um, and, who, and not just on their day, you know, Every week could turn somebody over, not just every now and again. Um, I'm worried about the TV. I see there's no deal with um, Channel 5. Mm. Uh, I, I, so our free-to-air coverage has pretty much disappeared, unless there's something going on that I'm not aware of. I don't know why that's the case. But that was a good programme, Mark. That's a great programme. And, mm. and never mind, even if, it was, even if it was a poor programme... Any sport that wants to grow has got to get on free-to-air television. And, and we're not. Again, the club game is not on free-to-air. Are they, are they driven by trying to set up their own over-the-top There must be something. It, it doesn't... I don't know is the answer, mm. um, Alex. But that worries me that having established a free-to-air presence in the last couple of years on the Highlight Show, that's gone now. Um, that's not great. And and this is a bit early, but i be keeping an eye on the crowds. The weekend crowds... And it is September, and that's a traditionally not a great month for crowds. But there are some sports post-COVID have gone back, and their crowds have come straight back. And there are others that haven't. Um, but it's it's very early, one week. It looks like we're one of the ones where they haven't, with the possible exception of Bristol, who got nineteen thousand for salaries. You'd think that's about what they would expect. I'd say the other five were down on what you would have hoped for. And that's not a trend you want to see exacerbated. Is that is that anything to do with Lions not being there? With you, you'd sort of want to launch a season with, with everyone. That the, the, the Premiership rugby posters were plastered full of faces, none of whom were actually playing. That's true. This weekend. And I take Owen's point right at the top of the show. I have been struck by the number of rugby friends. I mean, really hardcore rugby friends who just the Lions. And I again take Steve's point, however. The, the story on the ground was very, very different. But for the customer, the fan who was here, it was a really quite a negative experience, and I think that's that's had an effect. Mm. My, ho- my hope, just just lastly, Jones, is that is that the rugby on the field can actually bring it up, bring it up yeah. again, and, and and we can right. we can leave yeah. that, that negativity, and it can become a well, real positive th- season. We're going to have to rattle through a few things now. We don't want to go on too long. Oh, in um, this weekend, the Scots Super Six began in. Um, in uh, Scotland, what did you think of that? Uh, where do you think it's going? 
And who's your favourite to win it? Um, I thought I thought it had a, a disappointing start. Um, I don't know why they played it in Scotland. Um, <laughs> but, and, and why are they playing? Why are they playing with six? Surely they should be playing with twelve. Side, which is the which is the, um, the fad these days. Well, that's a, that's a fair point. I mean, I thought it was uh, called the Scottish because it's in Scotland, and because uh, there's six teams in it. But uh, whatever you know, I bow to your your knowledge of that. But um, w- should we be following that throughout this, this season? Do you think? Oh, we're going to persevere with this, are we? Okay. <laughs> um... The answer's no, Owen. All right. Okay. The answer's no. Okay. Just very very briefly, amazing results: two, one great, one terrible, in the um, Premier Fifteens. Uh, um, Brist, uh, sorry, in the Premier Fifteens. Uh, Bristol scored 118 points against Darlington Moden Park. Now, that is a very bad day because we're only one year into an agreement where the RFU was meant to assess these clubs and their competitiveness. On the other side of the coin, astonishing away victory quite easily by Exeter Chiefs over champions Harlequins. Also in France, anyone who's ever been to Beeritz on European jaunts will love this. Beeritz 28, Racing 92, 19. What a comeback for for Beeritz and um, massive controversy there because the owner wants to take them somewhere else. But at the moment, they're playing like the old Beeritz we, we, we know and love. And now before we finish, I'm going to ask everybody for their god or goddess of the week. Um Thank you very much for listening to us. This has been the wrap from the Times and the Sunday Times. It is great to be back. We'll be here every week throughout the season, bringing all the latest discussion and arguments in telephone boxes or not. Uh, Please follow or subscribe from wherever you get your podcast. Uh, We'd love to have you. So just as the outro for today, Owen Slot, uh, in your uh, studios, in your home, who was your God of the Week? Can, can we can we can we come back to me in a minute? <laughs> you still worrying about the Scottish Sixes? Yeah, don't if you don't want to put anyone from the Scottish Sixes, that's fine. All right, Mark Evans. Um, I, I, I forgot I had to put my mind to this one. Yeah, well, with that? with a with a with a sort of passing reference to Adam Radwan, who I thought was just sensational, close to Jason Robinson, frankly. Mm. And Sir Charles Piotr, who was just, I just loved watching him play. I'm going to say Michael Hooper, because I've never seen the bloke play a bad game for Australia, and he's played in some pretty ordinary teams um, in the last few years. And to to, to captain his side um, to, to, to two wins against South that pretty much the team that won the Lions series, frankly, in different, totally different circumstances, as I say. But not just beat him on time. I mean, Corabiti... And who used to play at Melbourne Storm? Uh, he he would he scored two, made one. But Michael Hooper to captain that to two consecutive wins, a series win against the world champions. Uh, he's my god of the week. Alex Lowe. I like that shout. It surpassed uh, George Gregan and he's captaining yeah. Australia for the most number of times. In fact, my first thoughts were all from that Australia team um, for the last couple of weeks. Michael Hooper, Quade Cooper last week, but I have to pick Taniella Tupau. Um, this week (laughs) for just showing everyone what props can do both in the tight and uh, when they're thundering down the wing with a one-handed no-look pass he's got to get my vote Owen Slot Okay, so the the reason I was erring was because um, 
uh, I, I wanted to give it to Adam Radwan, but um, he um, he didn't manage to get his team over the line, which Alex Lazowski did. So um, uh, it, for, for me, the the story of the of the weekend uh, in England, anyway, was was Saracens and um, and Lazowski playing at ten was was absolutely awesome and. Uh, his 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 place kicking was um uh, was was extraordinarily good as well. But the, he 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 led that line brilliantly. You know, we were talking earlier on about um with, with Owen Farrell. I mean, if if Farrell could have a game as decent as that any time this season, he'd be proud. So um so Alex Lazowski leading his team back. Mine's also a Saracen. Just to just to uh, finish off, uh, a man who was I was told was a wonderfully promising player who had a wretchedly horrible injury. And came back to start on the loose head for Saracens, Ralph Adams Hale. And I was always told he was a great player in the making. And my goodness, as Mark said early on, he absolutely ruined uh, the highly rated Bristol scrum, especially in the first half. And I thought it was nice to see him back. But thousands of other heroes, because it was lovely to have fans back as well. That was the ruck. Stay with us. Thank you very much, Mark Evans. Owen Slot. Sorry, what was the other? Panelist. <laughs> um, Alex and Alex Lowe, John Lowe, <laughs> darts player, J- J- yeah, Arthur Lowe, and um, we'll be back next week every Monday. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.